For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's February 4th, 2022, and like Groundhog Day, Goldberg is back in the WWE. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa and Issa NYC Demon Diva. Tonight, to talk about SmackDown, Rampage. It's Friday night, wrestling. Wrestling on a Friday at the end of the week. Just six short days ago, the Royal Rumble happened. And it's felt like an eternity since. Ronda Rousey appeared on SmackDown tonight. We had a disqualification on Rampage. Chris Jericho. It's the first time we ever seen it. (laughs) This has never happened before. (laughs) Dude, Rampage is like, like, bro, bro, chill, chill, bro, chill. He did say the first time on Rampage, which, you know, uh, that is true. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to jump into covering the wrestling. And, you know, uh, after Rampage was live, Rampage being taped again tonight was just kind of like, Rampage was live a few weeks ago. That was awesome. Yeah. And you know that. Really know that crowd was dead. Oh yeah, yeah, they'd been there a while. Alfred, what do we got going on in the news? Well, before we start, let's start with the biggest news. A little birdie told me that the Yellow Jackets Buzz podcast was named <laughs> one of Variety's top TV podcasts of 2021. Is that true? Can we confirm these rumors today, Mr. Glenn and Miss Issa? It's news to us, but no, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not news to us. It's true. I'm not gonna flex, but I'm gonna flex. It's totally true. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't tell us ahead of time. A fan tweeted they did that. It. So, yeah, that was a very nice surprise. Thank you, Variety, and thank you, everyone, for supporting uh, what Issa and I have been doing with Yellow Jackets Buzz. Thank you. Yellow Jackets Buzz. Congratulations, guys. It is a great podcast. I've had the honor of appearing with you guys. You guys do a great job, and it's great to see you guys come up. Super chat your congratulations to Glenn and Issa for uh, <laughs> Yellow Jackets Buzz. Yeah, just well, we numb the pain for Raj. Raj's <laughs> yeah. podcast has never been recognized for anything. Uh, <laughs> I think one time Ryback maybe said something on here that was like, oh, that's a story. But yeah, that's that's been about it. Uh, oh, man. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Ramirez, thank you for your 99 cent super chat to start. that. You got that in early, even before we started tonight. Crazy. Oh, that's good. We can go. Everyone's that in effect. But yes, uh, thank you. Um, oh, man. So tonight, how are we feeling about tonight? We good? We pumped? Uh, we're feeling fine. Uh, let's just get through some of these news stories. We, I know we had some good, uh, good news, news to begin the podcast, but actually bad news for AEW, particularly for Dynamite's viewership. Very surprising numbers to me. 954,000, that is down 13% uh, overall viewership. 456,000 in 18 to 49. Mind you, this was the Dynamite that featured the very heavily promoted CM Punk versus MJF match. The first three out of four episodes of AEW Dynamite on TBS did over a million, and they were bolstered by that Big Bang lead-in. But that lead-in was nowhere to be found. It's uh, all but evaporated to where it's really just the AEW hardcore is really watching this, which is surprising to me again, because it's CM Punk versus MJF in this big money match. Uh, I guess you really didn't have much else on the show, but I figured... This would be enough. John Moxley up in the show, but uh, very disappointing numbers for AEW, Glenn. Uh, were, were those numbers out in the streets? Was uh, Vinnie Mac? 
No, these are the real numbers. To be honest, I got these numbers very early. I didn't believe them when I got them. I was like, ah, these fast natural, what kind of numbers are we talking here? And uh, they ended up being like the actual numbers that they did for the week, uh, which really shocked me because I expected them to at least do a million for a match like this. I don't know, man. I think Tuesday's NXT, you know, just really took, took between that and the Royal Rumble. I feel like this was a weird week for wrestling, right? I mean, just overall morale seemed a little off. Yeah, that'll be one of our other stories. Yeah. <laughs> I I I thought the number was low for the expectation. I mean, I, I guess MJF and CM Punk is not moving the needle the way they expected it to. I did think it was a little too long, especially for their first match. Um, but I mean, outside of that, I couldn't tell you I couldn't tell you anything else that happened on Dynamite. Oh yeah, the Brian promo. I thought the Brian the Brian promo mm-hmm. with Moxley was very good, but it didn't feel like I could have just tuned in at you know nine fifteen and just watched the 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 MJF Punk and I would have gotten what I needed out of this dynamite. They need to start working on upping their their audience. They 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 did a good job of keeping this number steady. Now let, let's work on on bringing them up. Yeah, and I mean one way you could do that is they need to start experimenting with Jade Cargill because she is a needle mover right now. On Forbes, you can find an article I wrote about how she has been outperforming the likes of Brian Danielson, Hangman Adam Page, and John Moxley in her quarter hour ratings. And this past week, Julia Hart and Jade Cargill was the highest rated quarter hour for Rampage. And I think they might need to start off a dynamite with Jade Cargill and just see how that works. I know uh, much like a lot of AEW, uh, she skews more with men than women, but she is definitely a needle mover, somebody who's garnering legitimate interest and she's very new to pro wrestling. So a lot of this pro wrestling, a guy like John Moxley, who's one of their biggest stars, is really appealing to AEW fans. And maybe if you get somebody like Jade Cargill, somebody watching The Big Bang Theory, who's more of a casual viewer, is going to mm. see this just super heroic looking woman who's dominant and be like, oh, I'm going to stick around for this a little bit. And I think they might be able to build their audience that way because clearly with their best foot forward, they did really a disappointing number. And I think that's kind of starting to wane in terms of that lead in that they're getting from Big Bang. Yeah, I agree, and I do think that Jay Cargill is a is a is a draw for them, and they should utilize her a little bit differently. Yes. Well, and we talked about this. They have like a, a slightly different variation on WWE's problem, where if we don't expand the audience continually, we're just going to tap out and burn out all of our hardcore fans. You know, and I think with AEW, I think the women's division is how you do that. Yeah, that, that could happen. But I will say this: the the women's division does not draw women. It's kind of like uh, Catch Twenty Two. Where okay. uh, if, if AEW wants to expand, they're really going to have to do it with women. I mean, they're doing pretty good with men audience, although it was down this week. Uh, if they want to expand out to women, that's not to say they shouldn't be doing women's wrestling, but they really do need to find out what about that product, who about that product can appeal to women, what type of storylines maybe. I think the storylines is why they don't appeal to women. I don't think it's a problem with the women's wrestlers or the men's wrestlers. I think it's the stories they're telling. And if you go more wedding type, romance type storylines, you know, crime type storylines, those tend to appeal Total to women Davis. audience. Total yeah, Divas, yeah. yeah. There you go. Total Divas effect, though, because did we have were we ever able to quantify what the effect was on expanding the WWE's female audience through having a gateway like Total Divas and recognizable female right. talent? Mm-hmm. I'm um, not sure that we have an actual number on it, but I just know definitely. every time that I talk to anyone, they know yeah. about Total Divas, and even people just see them come out and they know exactly who these girls are because of Total Divas. I think, yeah. I think like the same way that you're doing Rose to the Top, why not try to you know work with Warner and create some kind of listen? I will watch 
a story about Britt Baker being a yeah, dentist by day say. and a wrestler by night. I would watch that reality mm -hmm. show in a heartbeat. So there, there's material there. You could totally do it. And on Rose to the Top, they kind of touched on some of the AEW stories within the show. I really think you could have an AEW somewhat women's, you know, division spinoff and see how it does. I really think it could help them. Yeah, it, it's not a very popular narrative in our world of wrestling, but Nikki Bella and the Bella Twins are almost double-handedly or single-handedly responsible for bringing a pretty much generation of women's viewers to WWE. They move the needle in a big way in terms of drawing women audience. It's probably the best example of women coming to watch wrestling was out of Total Divas. That's why you see not only Rose to the Top, but Ms. and Mrs. is another spinoff of that type of idea that we can draw women to uh, wrestling with reality TV. Well, but then look at this, though. I mean, Becky Lynch never on Total Divas. Sasha Banks never on Total Divas. So it's the idea that if you can use that to get new eyes on the product and then they see other talent that appeals to them, um, that's the win-win. So I don't know. I mean, I think AEW has got to do something because they shouldn't be in the ceiling. I know it's Olympic season. I know the sports ball has got a lot of activity going on right now. But, uh, yeah, they got to expand the audience. I mean, every company should be trying to expand their audience because the second you stop doing that, it's just going to be diminishing returns. Right. Well, uh, in addition to expanding their audience, AEW might be expanding its roster as well as it might be all elite. And I spell that L-E-E -E because it sounds like, according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Keith Lee is rumored to make his way to AEW. Issa, I want your thoughts. And I also want to know, A, do they let him speak? And B, how long till he wins the FTW title? Um, I, I think any company will be stupid to not go after Keith Lee if he's available out there, right? And and I do think that Keith Lee is something special and something that could really help AEW with with a diversity issue they might be having right now. So I, I, I think Keith Lee is a win-win situation for everybody. I do think they let him speak. I, I don't know. I don't know because if I'm going to be honest with you, there's a lot of talent that I thought was going to be utilized differently that that's not doing much. So it's very hard for me to get my hopes up anymore when it comes to somebody becoming all elite, if you want me to be honest, but I will hope that you don't screw up Keith Lee. But I said the same thing about Andrade and Malachi Black and where are they at now? Mm. It's got to be tough, especially with uh, the first generation of AEW contracts coming up for renewal to see what happens. The roster, I think, is already has, has too many people on it. Yeah, and I think this summer is going to be one of those watershed moments where you're going to get all the people who leave AEW in addition to them probably being more judicious of bringing people in. And uh, I'll believe it when I see it with Keith Lee. He has all the talent in the world to be their biggest star. And I really think he would maybe be better served going to like a GCW, PWG. I mean, the indies that are running are running pretty hot right now. And I think he'd be a major star um, doing that. But I wish the best to Keith Lee. We all know how talented he is. So hopefully yeah. this works out for him. Impact's heating up. You know, and I think with yeah. the right talent, MLW, NWA, a lot could happen. So, Let's just hope he gets a song on the mixtape. Can we get Keith Lee? Now that Keith Lee's there, he needs a song on the mixtape. Uh, and uh, hopefully that'll be good for Mr. Well, Lee. Where, where's Hit Row, man? Aren't there 90 days over with? Soon? Not yet, because he was before Hit Row, I believe. So I think they still have uh, maybe a month. But it should be There's soon. so many releases that I get these dates so confused yeah. about who's available when. Like everybody was like, oh, this badge is available. And I had to figure out the different badges of people that were released to know what they were talking about. It's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time, really is a sad problem. 
Uh, well, when we talk about people getting released, let's talk about who's on their way back. Oscar Bailey and Lacey Evans are expected to return, possibly by WrestleMania season. Oscar was rumored to be in that disaster for Royal Rumble until they decided against it, so she wasn't there. And they, boy, did they need her. But Oscar Bailey and Lacey Evans rumored to return. Who are you excited about the most out of this three trio, uh, Glenn? Probably Bailey. I mean, I think Oscar. Asuka needs something new, I think. Like, her streak after that went away. I feel like they didn't know what to do with her. And now we just really need... I think I think she's primed for some sort of repackage and a new push. But I, th- but I think Bailey, though, I mean, come on. Bailey left... Like, Bailey was really coming into her own as a heel. So I'm really excited to see where Bailey goes from here. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree here and say Bailey. I'm excited to see Asuka as well. It's just a weird 50-50 feeling when it comes to Asuka, you know, because of how they treat her and how talented we know that she is. But I was really enjoying everything that Bailey did. In addition to that, I'm still angry that Bailey didn't have a match at WrestleMania last year when she was at her peak. So I will hope that she has a good program going into this WrestleMania. And Lacey Evans, listen... Good for her. She's ready to come back. Same with Rhonda. I spoke about it, how this Royal Rumble was so powerful for new moms. So I'm excited to see Lacey Evans come back too. Yeah. 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 These are three pretty big returns. And it, it's tough between Bailey and Asuka. Uh, but I will say Bailey because of how good she was before she left. And I think she's going to pick up right where she left off. People are going to be very excited to see her back. And all she has to say is ding dong. She'll get the biggest pop that night and we're off and running. Yeah. And did, I think- did we get anything between Bailey and Ronda during Ronda's first run? We didn't, right? I don't believe we did. Yeah, that's that's, that's a good I question. Thought. We might have gotten on a raw pay-per-view. TV I think on pay-per-view we saw yeah, that's what I was gonna say. We saw Ronda fight all of them, but Bailey. I don't know if we've seen her on TV, but I think that would be a fun feud. Yeah, let's yeah. check that out in the chat. Let's see if uh, Bailey and Ronda Rousey have ever gotten one on one because I don't believe they have, but they you know, it all runs together the way they do this thing. So they might have already had three matches, who knows? But that would be fresh. This new Bailey and Ronda Rousey would definitely be fresh. And has Lacey been gone long enough that we're going to be able to forget about the Ric Flair storyline? I forgot about it until you brought it up. So I didn't. I didn't. I want to see the baby, and I want Charlotte to ask for a DNA test. That's going to be the first storyline. I wonder how they reference this. I hope they do reference it. And you know what? I'd be interested if that's what they did. I mean, who knows if that's the way to go? But if you get a little baby Nate robe, that would be hilarious. There is a very low morale backstage. Uh, Apparently, you know, WWE, of course, they announced that they have made over a billion dollars, grossed a billion dollars in revenue for the first time in history. But you would never know it from the morale backstage. Apparently, a lot of stars are down in the dumps because Royal Rumble changed so much. It was a very stressful time for a lot of people. Uh, Some wrestlers have spoken out saying they don't feel like anything matters outside of maybe four people. Uh, They said that they don't feel their voice is being heard. And a lot of these wrestlers, uh, from apparently from the top of the card on down, are voicing their frustrations, essentially saying a lot of the things you hear us say on this podcast, you hear a lot of uh, disillusioned fans of WWE say, a lot of the wrestlers agree. It's just that when they do articulate that, they don't feel like they're being heard. Uh, what do you guys make of this morale issue, Issa? I think it's understandable. I mean, <laughs> we're talking about a company that biggest news on the market this week was that this guy fired his own son. So what makes you think that any wrestler should feel safe back there? Like, wouldn't that scare you if you're working for someone that's willing to fire their own kid? Um, In addition to that, it wasn't just the fan response. It was like, it was, it was a bad rumble and rumble. I feel 
will set off the road to WrestleMania. So this is how we're kicking it off. And I work there. I'm going to be like, how is the rest of this WrestleMania season is going to go for me? Right. So I, I can completely understand, but I do think that you can do something to change the morale backstage. It's just a matter of start trying more with some of this talent. That's unhappy. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, look at all the producers, creative. I'm sure a lot of the talent feels like the rallies have, have been released. I mean, like, what's up with TJ? You know, apparently one woman, uh, female talent wouldn't come back because he was involved in producing this year's Women's Rumble. I mean, I don't know. Just seems like uh, it's it's not just about the executives. I think they've almost created a culture where just everyone feels replaceable. Well, yeah. I mean, could you blame them? I mean, that's exactly – they have no choice but to feel that because – as much as I hate to admit it, they are not only because of WWE's cultural shift to make it about WWE rather than individual wrestlers, but the fact that people are getting fired left and right and the fact that they just had an earnings call. And this is usually around the time that they start axing even more heads. I'm actually very glad that we didn't get another bloodbath today because their stock price didn't really move that much despite reporting over a billion dollars in revenue. And I thought some heads were going to roll and I'm glad that they didn't. And I hope they don't. But yeah, they're going to feel on edge. And in addition to feeling on edge, also, the creative is not very good. I mean, we're not breaking new ground by saying that. So that combination of things is probably making a lot of people unhappy at work. I mean, a billion dollars revenue and, and everybody's unhappy. That's just a shame. And this is yeah. this is weird to say, but um, I think for years and all six years I've been doing this podcast. It's like, oh, if you don't like it that so much, just stop watching. That's how you make them pay attention. And I don't know. I, I feel like I'm seeing more and more fans get to that point. No, they are. It's happening. They have stuff. A lot of people have taken that advice yeah. where, I mean, Raw in 2021, the total average viewership was like, it was around 3 million, less than 3 million. And then the year before that, it's 3.5. The year before that, it was five. And it's gone yeah. down I remember when it dropped below 4 million and everybody thought it was like the end of the world. That was just a couple of years ago. And look where it's at now. I mean, it's like, stop going to live shows stop buying the merch the talent isn't seeing that money anyhow and even if they are seeing a sliver of it they're not going to be there that much longer the more you increase the bottom if you set the money on fire the fire will appreciate your efforts more than wwe will by you giving <laughs> them your hard-earned money it will be a more rewarding experience yeah, listen, I don't want it so much as tell people not to watch it. If Yeah, if you don't like it, yeah, you can definitely vote with your wallet steps. and whatnot. You can take steps. The thing that frustrates me about this product is that they show you that they're fully capable of booking somebody credible as a babyface or fully capable of booking a credible storyline. You see that at the top of WWE. And then the rest of it is just, ah, whatever. We'll do whatever with these guys. And, and it comes across. Why is Glenn acting like we need to go to WWE rehab? Like there's steps <laughs> to like move Seriously. <laughs> What I'm going to start a program. Forget this podcast. I'm going to start a self-help program for people to recover from WWE, and we're going to have meetings. And it's going to be like, we're going to try watching Impact one week. Now, everybody talk <laughs> about what you liked about this episode of Impact. Well, I recognize a talent that used to be in WWE, but they fired him. There you go. That's a step. Next week, we're going to watch NWA, and then we're going to talk about it, and slowly we'll have like a mantra. Just remember, Vince McMahon doesn't give a shit about you. Like, we'll <laughs> yeah. all say that as a group. There will be healing. And I think that, um, you know, I can start this as a self-help group. Maybe I can turn into a Write a book. Thing. I can turn into some Screw sort of the cult. group. Write the book, man. You can make a lot of money with this. Well, yeah, I was thinking can. cult and then multi-level marketing scheme. I was oh, thinking yes. that would be oh, sort of the natural trajectory. I mean, a book, people buy once, Alfred, but you get them to tell their friends, and right. then they start selling. And then you yeah. know, just everybody up the pyramid. Everybody getting money. Every, everybody's getting money after. You know, <laughs> I, I got to work out money. some of the steps. 
Gonna work out some of the steps with this love a little it, bit. Love still. this idea. Going but, to such uh, a business. Hey, you're onto something, man. I think, yeah, I think, you are. I think there's a future with this because and NXT. NXT used to be my favorite thing to watch in all of professional wrestling. Yeah. And I didn't even like everyone that, that worked at NXT behind the scenes in creative. Like I had issues with them, but you know what? They put on a decent TV show more often than not. And, and like, I've been thinking about this since Tuesday. Like I'm, I'm just mad about that Nikita Lyons promo because she is very talented. <laughs> she is great in the ring. She has a music career. And the fact that they put that on TV and have everything she gave them. She didn't have final cut on that segment. Some Vince McMahon stooge did and was like, good enough. Put it out there. These marks will eat up anything. And it just, it angers me that they, they don't give a shit about what they're doing. Right. Not the talent, but the people running the show. And when you get rid of people that care, how can you have a good product? How can you have a good product? The, the, the problem with this is what Alfred said, is that they do show you that they can book some things the right way. And to some people in the chat, it's true. I am loving everything that Brock Lesnar is doing right now. Mm -hmm. I'm loving everything that Roman Reigns is doing right now. So it's just like, it's very hard to completely walk away when there's glimpses here or there. Issa, a broken clock is right twice a day. Don't make this seem... <laughs> Like this is some altruistic genius they're doing to give Issa a, a point of hope or a bright spot. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about this too. If they're getting rid of everyone who speaks up or raises their hand or fights to make the product better, then you're going to have people that are just going to go along with the process and you're going to get yeah. shittier, that's what they want. shittier product. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what, what they're looking for. And good Lord, what in the fuck did Shane McMahon do that they were like, dude, You've got a problem. That's like Dave Mustaine. I'll tell you what Shane McMahon did. He put Bad Bunny in danger. And you don't do that, Shane McMahon. I, you, I hope you're listening to me. You don't do that. Dave Mustaine from Megadeth was once in the band Metallica. Metallica are notorious for being hard-headed assholes and hardcore alcoholics. And they went to Dave Mustaine and went, dude, you've got a problem. How much of a dick was Dave Mustaine that Metallica said, you know, I think you're the toxic one in this situation. And then, you know, they went on to just, I mean, look what they did with Jason Newstead. But my point is that how bad did Shane push this that they were like, dude, I know we're WWE, but come on. Like, you know, we're talking about reality shows that need to be made. I need a McMahon reality show. Like yes. that is the biggest wrestling stories this year, or maybe even the past six months, if not involved what's going on in front of the camera. It's a power struggle with Triple H. It's Shane McMahon. It's Vince McMahon changing his mind. I need that. That is more impressive and interesting to me than anything that's going on in front of the camera. I need Vince, Shane, Stephanie, Triple H. Uh, hopefully he gets well 100% and everything. And then they just shoot this reality show. That's what I want. Then you, you raise think, the price. You think they up. actually interact with each other? Because I don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even if they don't, I, I would be willing to see how awkward it gets between these McMahons not talking to each other. I think it's like a sitcom and they're all at the table and Vince is like, will you tell Shane? You know, and then Shane going, will you tell Vince? <laughs> you know, I think it's just, it's all that. And then like Bruce Pritchard is sitting there and it's just like, good Lord, this is what I'm doing for a paycheck. Like, I wish podcasting I was, say, I was saying that on my channel. I was saying at the Thanksgiving dinner, Shane McMahon showed up and he'd be like you fire me dad and vince is like no nick Khan fire you i didn't fire you <laughs> budget cut son nick Khan is the roman roy of the mcmahon family somehow he has weaseled his way in <laughs> and you know like and yeah vince uh vince is calling him son you know, i mean you know what's happening and keith with his two dollar super chest saying do ratings matter if they're still making money we have to figure out a way we have to figure out a way and how are they making money so, okay, so there's rights deals, right? Ratings affect that. There's live events. Like, what is it? What is the vote 
that the consumer can take to to make their dissatisfaction known and hopefully get us a better product. Yeah, if you're looking to do that with ratings, especially this rights deal, it's too little too late. There, there yeah. are some sharks in the water with a lot of money in terms of the TV content, these streaming services, and WWE is going to come up in a big way. They, they might go for two bill this next time around. And you have to remember, this is guaranteed money in their pocket from Fox, USA, and Peacock. No matter what it is that they put out there, this money is already banked. Where with the network, at least this stupid you know, cancel WWE Network or unsubscribe. It did make a difference. Not anymore. It's weird though, right? I, you know, this might sound strange, but look at what's going on with Spotify right now. This might provide, like if, if, if this pushes Spotify, a public company, too far, I don't know. Maybe there's some parallels there. Maybe there's some ways that we can learn as consumers to make our voices heard. But also like, like remember that bullshit, you were the authority now and like we're going to, bend to your demands and oh yeah when they blamed that on baron corbin yes I remember. yeah yeah and that never would have been a good idea to bend to the fans demands either they just need more creative no. people who are allowed to be creative it's not i never want a solution to be the fans get to do the work because there's god bless the fans and stuff like that and god bless the reactions and whatnot and their opinions but there is a creative force in pro wrestling that they're getting paid a lot of money to do and i just think they need to let them do their job Alfred, I would rather see, I would rather have them pick a fan at random and say, you book Monday Night Raw this week. Oh, that'd be fun. I would that rather would watch fun. that. I would rather let them have Issa book the show and it's all just Brock and Roman like wrestling in baby oil. <laughs> That's what it would be. Too. Don't forget with Bad Bunny singing in the background. Yes, <laughs> in the background. And then I wrestling. Think, <laughs> and then wrestling. And that's just, that's just three hours. That's just three hours of Raw. I, sh- I will watch it. I will watch it. Viva la resistance. Yes. <laughs> that would be a better show. That would be more unpredictable. I love you this. Know? Glenn's trying to start a movement. I'm here for it. Now, just, it. just to throw this out there, WWE's one weakness has proven to be their advertisers. That's the only time they've really changed their tune on things. For example, the Fabulous Moolah incident was one <laughs> example that they didn't do anything. And so they reached out to Snickers, which was their presenting sponsor for WrestleMania. So now WrestleMania season, I'm not telling anybody to do this, but if you want to get some changes made, the sponsors are the way to go. So are you suggesting we stop eating Snickers? You reach out to Snickers and tell them <laughs> that you will stop eating Snickers if they don't do something about WWE's booking. I Enough can't remember the like last that. time. I cannot remember the last time I ate a Snickers. That's why you haven't been yourself lately. <laughs> You're right. Can you imagine if people started sending in their frustrations with WWE book? See, with the Moolah thing, there were some specific things there where it was kind of like, hey, do you want to be associated with kind of like what happened with The Rock uh, tonight having to apologize for defending Joe Rogan? And it was what? like, he did? He oh, freaking oh. took his side, bro. He, I was uh, so disappointed. Uh, no, 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 no. The, Rock asking, the Rock had to apologize for sticking uh, up for Joe Rogan. Good, there, good, some good. Out there, of Rogan saying some words, and The Rock yeah. was like, "Oh, I didn't know about this. Now that I know about this, sorry." Yeah, okay. Like, yeah, it was almost. It was very Tony Khan finding out about Brian Kendrick, but on a higher yeah. level. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I don't think doing your frustration and being like, yo, Snickers, I'm just really bummed that they haven't figured out what to do with Ricochet. Like, I don't think that is going to get Snickers to go to WWE and sure. be like, Vince, the people love this Ricochet kid. Why not are you from booking one him person, so Not from one person. If they get thousands and thousands of phone calls and they say, hey, just so you know, there's this guy Ricochet we get, keep getting calls about. I'm going to tweet you know- <laughs> Cricket wi- I'm going to tweet Cricket Wireless right now, bro. Right We're now. We're starting a movement. I want everyone rise up against WWE sponsors and let them know how frustrated you are with how ricochet has not been properly pushed or developed developed as a character i think you know we start with this 
And then from there, the sky's the limit on what we can do as fans. Sure. Well, there you go. We've uh, we've ratcheted the manifesto. So power is in your hand. You are the authority. Don't eat sneakers. <laughs> it's going to be like when everyone called TRL trying to get new kids on the blocks tonight as like the number one most requested video of the day. It's going to be like very similar to that. And that worked, by the way. So there you go. Uh, Mike D with a $2 super chat saying, John Gonzalez, Hall of Fame material? Absolutely not. But I saw a suggestion uh, that I thought was uh, very good for our next, uh, I think Matthew Dunn said it or something. No, Jody Shauna Jenkins. Yes, this is a better suggestion. And what's that? That she said. I, I put Giant oh, Gonzalez. Read it, read, read, read it. Okay, I, I put Giant Gonzalez Spandex in the Hall of Fame on its own. Also, had Facet Biggie slide down since holding the title, tagging against Los Lothario. So, a couple of things with that. I like the idea of gear getting inducted to the Hall of Fame because there are some wrestlers who maybe shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, like a Buff Bagwell. Love Buff Bagwell's gear. Love uh, Terry Taylor. Not Taylor Taylor. Um, the, the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Eric, when he was in WWE. Love that gear with the fringes. So, yes, I would agree that Giant Gonzalez's bodysuit needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Jerry Shaw Jenkins, Canadian $2, also saying NXT is like listening to college radio. It used to be like that. But imagine one day you're listening to college radio in the late 90s or in, or in the late 80s, early 90s. And it's like R.E.M. and it's like the Pixies and the Sugar Cubes. It's so of York. Yeah. And then one day they're like, hey, you like this? You kids are going to love Wilson Phillips and Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Oh, and to address her comments on Biggie, I find it very striking that Biggie and Kofi Kingston both teaming together after experiencing the same exact fall from grace after losing the same exact almost fashion of Brock Lesnar. It was very eerie, very, very much I like was the gonna, I was going to mention that when we got to that segment. Very, yeah. very eerie. Yes. I, I'm telling you, you got Kofi, and it's unfortunate. Both these guys need to be top baby that. faces. Hey, was... both these guys need to be top baby faces because WWE's hurting for baby faces, especially on SmackDown, to where you got to drag out Goldberg to be your next credible challenger for Roman Reigns. Maybe make a couple more baby faces. Maybe a couple of former WWE champions. Just a suggestion. Did you just use Goldberg and credible in the same sentence? Yes, he is the most credible guy they have. People are going crazy for him in ways they're not going crazy for any baby face in WWE right now. Not me. Uh, <laughs> he got co-feed. But what what year did uh put it on a t-shirt, Alfred? What, you got Kofi. See, put I don't want this thing to be too big. I yeah. want to say this so that they can stop Kofiing people so that it cannot be a thing. I don't want to make this hit the man's legacy. He's one of the greatest of all time. Alfred, uh, what year was it when Kofi uh on the debut of SmackDown? 2019, I believe, right? Was it 2019 so, or 2018? 2019. So, so Kofi 19. I think that's that's Kofi your name. There you go. Oh my God! What are we doing? What are we? What doing? are we doing? This has gone off the rails tonight. We haven't even started covering the show yet. I will Since say Brock did the same thing to Kofi back on Beast in the East, but nobody ever yes. talks about that. On that on that premium live event, he buried the entire New Day before the New Day was even sure, something. Yeah. Brock Lesnar is the New Day's kryptonite. We've seen. Yes. They just need to keep the two apart. Say Maybe they should give him a sneaker. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Say job 499. Hey, Alfred, the work you do is super necessary. Keep it up, brother. Hey, thank you. YouTube Pro Wrestling Bits. And uh, check me out on Forbes and Twitter and all that stuff. Nice. You inspire. You inspire a question that I asked on one of my interviews. So that thank you, Alfred. Interview. I sent thank it to you. you today, by the way. So right. thank you. Interviewed Apollo Cruz. It was great. Uh, Stella Just Lopez, $10. This week was Groundhog Day. And this is exactly how SmackDown felt. Killed my vibe that I didn't bother watching AEW. I did see Cole name that murderer's row of talent he defeated to remain undefeated, though. 
Maybe that's WWE's plan on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. If we can just destroy people's enthusiasm for wrestling this much, they will find something else to watch and it will hurt AEW's ratings. Never thought about it that way, but still, I just love this. You guys might be honest something in that maybe this is self-inflicted for a reason. Yeah, you know what they should start doing is uh, during SmackDown, they should be, hey, uh, we're about to wrap at the top of the hour, but you know what's on the USA Network tonight? Fast 9. Why does everyone tune over to that after SmackDown and watch Fast 9? In fact, why don't you turn over to it now? You can catch the end of Fast 8. That way you won't miss anything. You just go right from one to the next and don't bother with what's on uh, TNT tonight. Yeah, I don't know why WWE doesn't do I know it would come off as petty and whatnot, but we're in a war right now. And at the very least, WWE should. It takes five seconds. Just tell them to throw to something else. So right now on Fox, right now on our sister station, tune in for this. You're going to at least get a couple of thousand You want to know which, why? You, know. you want to know why? Because yeah. they're murdering rampage so it's not even necessary i actually think the fact that they don't even have to get people to try to tune away from it is more embarrassing yeah i mean that that is true but they can't be too prideful because you know that pride is what no i get what you're saying i get what you're saying but in my opinion it's almost like that it's almost slightly more savage the fact that they don't even have to put any effort into getting people to not (laughs) tune into rampage because nobody watches rampage yeah that's true. Except for us, because we have to. <laughs> Surprised they're not booking hotter 205 lives, you know, trying to draw some. Yeah, there you go. Friday Night Wars. <laughs> I forget 205 Live is on every week. And sometimes I think, I'm like, should I be watching 205 Live? Can we add that to our coverage? Next week, starting next week, we're doing a SmackDown rampage and 205 Live. I am <laughs> never Alfred, watching. Please stop. I am, I'm just putting the I'm never watching two wrestling shows again at the same time. That was yeah, the that was most brutal. miserable I've brutal. ever been in the history of podcasting. <laughs> it was so I was, terrible. I was miserable. I was very tired. It was it was tired. You couldn't pay attention to shit. Like it was just bad. Uh and, and by, the, by the way, what happened to picture in picture? Growing up, picture in picture was the most amazing thing on earth. New TVs, no picture in picture. Lame. Very lame. Matthew Dunn. Yes. Uh, guys, your podcast has kept me up to date for years. I watched the, the pay-per-views or the premium live events, as it were, uh, as I have the network. Well, I'm assuming people. Oh, no, he's overseas, so he has the network. Yeah. Uh, only for yay, I'd be done wrestling. Well, that's great to hear. Aww. Thank you. Glad that we've kept you, you alive Matthew. as a wrestling fan, Matthew. We're, we're an endangered species. <laughs> Jay Cargill will still change that, but for now, we're an endangered species. So Jay, Jay Cargill. Great. Brings in millions and millions. You heard her tonight. Green like money. I think she has become my wife's favorite wrestler. It used to be Becky Lynch. I think now it's Jade. Oh, yeah. She's a lot of people's favorite wrestler who don't watch wrestling. And that's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> made the observation. Which is, remember when we used to enjoy watching wrestling together? Now it's like I just can sit here and watch you work. It's like, <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it is um okay so uh do we have any other news stories no good lord no we've been done with the news for tony a while tony con did talk some crap on twitter talking about some big name is going to debut on dynamite and the forbidden door is going to be torn apart so shane did mcmahon make... is gonna shane mcmahon is gonna show up and say under siege and everything's gonna change in the world of professional wrestling i love it did wait, he wait. make that announcement? Because he did say he had some news. No, that was that was the announcement. That was the announcement. I tweeted. I'm like two minutes to go, and I don't see the scoops. Apparently, the scoops were on Twitter, and he just wanted people to watch Rampage. Oh wow! Wait, what? Carney. So before Rampage, he tweeted that he was going to have a big scoop. He said, "Watch Rampage for the wrestling. Stay for the scoops." But he didn't give us any scoops. He just tweeted them out after Rampage. Mm. Well, and what was the scoop? 
that somebody is gonna walk through the forbidden door, Glenn. Could be Keith Lee. Could be Carrying forbidden Cross. Door. Forbidden door doesn't forbidden door mean that you have to be with another promotion. Yeah, but I think they're yeah. expanding that. That's just going to be their term they use for any time somebody comes out. It's already getting bastardized. I, I'm telling you, if Shane McMahon goes to AEW, that's actually brilliant. I don't think he would, but it would be huge news if he did. And it would be another, you know, another non-wrestler making news for, in Look, wrestling. Here's what I do. I have him come in and I've beat the crap out of Dan Lambert. And then I never have to see Dan Lambert again. And Shane can take over America's Listen, I keep thinking of that segment on SmackDown when he showed up with the whole blue theme. Imagine him showing up with, like, all the releases. Just coming oh through God. the crowd with, like, all, like, Keith Lee, Carry On <laughs> Cross, Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, all following freaking Shane McMahon into AEW. Like, I hate how much I love that. I love I that know. so much. <laughs> Tony Khan, that is worth, that'll probably cost you like a good five to 10 mil worth just, every just penny. Pocket change, Uncle Tony. Pocket change. Make it happen. Oh, that'd be so good. Under siege. Under siege. Well, now I'm just disappointed that we have to talk about what we actually saw tonight because that sounds far more interesting. Oh, um, let's go. Okay, so uh, SmackDown started. Roman's out there. Tribal Chief. Hey, 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 hey. Heyman's back. You know what, Glenn? Let me me take over, okay? Okay. SmackDown started with the head of the table, the Tribal Chief, coming out looking absolutely (laughs) beautiful with the man bun. He was sporting some custom-made jades. They said family inside. If you missed it, he posted it on his Instagram, ladies and gentlemen. The Usos, Paul Heyman, the family is reunited again. And at that moment, my stream froze. So, and Glenn, if you can continue this. (laughs) Oh, um, Paul Heyman was there. He's yes. not protecting Roman from Brock Lesnar. He's protecting Brock from Roman. Uh, and then, you know, what's going to happen next? So Goldberg's there. And uh, this is happening again. Hasn't this gone poorly for Goldberg? Not against Roman Reigns because we haven't seen Roman and Goldberg. They were supposed to face off in 2020, right. but that That's was right. where Roman Reigns pulled out. So now we're getting that match a couple years later. I'm sure people are going to be upset. Some of them are going to be very upset that Goldberg is back. He lost his last three title shots, Alfred. Oh, his last three title shots. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah, he did lose his last three. But he did beat Bobby Lashley crazy enough the last time they... uh, It wasn't for the title. No, it was not for the title. It was a lights-out match. It doesn't count, Alfred. (laughs) Yes, it was a lights-out match that was unsanctioned in Saudi Arabia, mind you. But listen, Goldberg is not going to be facing Roman Reigns in front of an American crowd that could take over the match. So he's going to be getting a nice fat check uh, overseas against Roman Reigns. And WWE understands, or at least they should understand what this fundamental problem is. So it's kind of like that old Einstein quote about expecting the same results and whatever, you're insane. Is that, okay, I'm at the point with WWE now where, yeah, they're relying on part-timers and it's, Obviously, I've, we've spoken our piece about why that's a bad thing long term. But it, listen, they're going to just roll this guy out. They should because nobody's over enough to face Roman Reigns right now. He's exterminated the division. So, yes, screw it. Bring back Goldberg. Let's get this over with. People are going to be happy to see these two wow. icons going head to head. I'm for it. Let's just get Goldberg back in there. Whatever. I think if you want me to care a little bit more about this next Friday, Roman needs to say, if I beat you, you retire. We're going to make it a career match. And Roman beats him in Saudi Arabia, and we never see Goldberg again. You can appear in AEW with Shane McMahon. Oh, my God. Please. <laughs> I don't know. It could happen. 
Um, Crown Jewel. Right, I mean, the rumor is he only has one match left on his contract. Yeah, so they should really do something like that. And if they resign him, they resign him. It's not like these stop, w- these Alfred. Please stop manifesting negative things. He's coming back. He now. has <laughs> one match left. Because they're then gonna... He's gonna then he's gonna stay home with the pictures of his naked baby in the background, being happy Goldberg. Picture this. They were talking about on the conference call, they were saying potentially going to Saudi Arabia twice a year. They didn't say Saudi Arabia because they're not allowed to, but twice a year. So we might be seeing Goldberg moving forward two times a year. So we can get six Bill Goldberg matches. What do you think about that, Isa? What was next on the show? <laughs> so Ridge Holland versus uh, the Snickers champion, Ricochet, tonight. We're going to make that happen, folks. Everybody, write your letters. Snickers. They really satisfy you, and they're going to really satisfy us by giving Ricochet (laughs) a championship title. He won this match. This was the start of it. He beat Ridge Holland. Yeah, and then nobody got over because they did that whole tag team thing where Ridge Holland won. So this is a big waste of time for me between these two matches. Big waste of time. Not honestly, you write our letters. Right. Honestly, at this point, I was tweeting about how I don't recognize anybody's entrance music anymore. Yeah, they've changed it up. I will Bad. say, I think Ricochet is a bit of an upgrade from this last one. I didn't like his last one. Not particularly a fan of this one, but I think it's a little better. Oh, that's great. That's a great comparison, Alfred. Yeah, just very lukewarm praise from Alfred Kunawa tonight. Yeah, so they turn into a tag match. Ridge Holland and Sheamus won. Oh, and then, hey, you're really excited for the Viking Raiders versus the Usos happening in the Elimination <laughs> Chamber? Going to be a hot match. Really competitive, right? Well, Jimmy Uso basically squashed Eric tonight, so... uh Good luck, Viking Raiders. Can anybody get over in this company? What the hell was this? Because they've actually been doing something with the Viking Raiders, and this was, yeah, just pretty much a squash. I'm not at all interested or even believe that the Viking Raiders have a shot. Same. Same. That was, that, was not, that was not a good look. Hey, if that didn't seem like a credible victory to you, what about Aaliyah winning by countout in yet another match against Natalia? Yeah, see, she's undefeated, and uh, the only way you can be undefeated is if your wins are tainted. So even when you're undefeated, it's still 50-50 booking. Yeah. I mean, what is it, Aaliyah 317? Yes. Great stuff. Great stuff. Who's going to have the better career? Aaliyah or Steve Austin? Who's going to have the better career? All said is done. Clearly, Aaliyah, she was in the Royal Rumble longer than Sasha Banks. I mean, come on. (laughs) She's on her way. Well, this year, 317, unfortunately, is on a Thursday. So we are not going to get 317 day on SmackDown. Oh, man, I was ready to celebrate. Yeah. Maybe we'll stay up extra late on the Wednesday pod, and uh, at midnight we'll celebrate 317. I like that Justin Hart is nobody's part of. I like Aaliyah a lot. The storyline is stupid and repetitive. And I like Natalia a lot. This is stupid and repetitive. And you know what my biggest pop was for the first hour of the show? Seeing Shotzi Blackheart backstage next to Drew Gulak. And I, I got my hopes up. I was like, is Drew going to be like managing Shotzi going forward? Are we going to have PowerPoint presentations? And Shotzi comes out and wrecks shop. And no, it was just like a little, little cameo. Yeah. I so miss the tank. Yes. Yeah, talk I about a missed opportunity. That tank is the main reason I thought they were going to call her up so quickly, which when they did, they got rid of the tank. And it's like, are we doing merchandising? Are we going to sell these products? Maybe no. the tank was too high maintenance. Um, we kept breaking down and the parts were hard to get. You never know. Well, you know, we got uh, 
more development in what has been my favorite ongoing storyline, which is the exceptionally talented Drew McIntyre and an exceptionally uh, interesting Baron Corbin with uh, Madcap Moss out in the ring. Madcap telling jokes, Drew facing off with him. Just somebody steal Baron Corbin's money. I want him to be broke again. A missed opportunity to get rid of Drew McIntyre's stupid sword. I was like, okay, he's going to come back. You know, they advertise him as the return of Drew McIntyre. Okay, he was gone like two weeks, but whatever. The return of Drew McIntyre, and he just comes back, and the first thing I see is him carrying the stupid sword. And I'm like, damn it. I will <laughs> say I might have chuckled at Matt Catmoss' joke. I'm yeah, sorry, Glenn. I did I'm too. Sorry, Glenn. I laughed I didn't, I didn't have a lot of material tonight, so I, I laughed at the joke, okay? <laughs> I did too. He said, only because of his delivery, because you knew it was going to be bad, and he was delivering them under those circumstances where he was like threatened. And it's just, I thought it was funny, just based on how bad it was. Is, is I was kind of laughing at it ironically, but still, it got a laugh out of me. But this is another one with Drew McIntyre and WWE, again, struggling with baby faces. What the hell is Drew McIntyre doing feuding with the happy folks? I'd understand if they were loaded at babyface. They had so many challenges for Roman Reigns that Drew McIntyre had his way to turn. But, like, this should not be what he's doing right now. The problem is that you need to build secondary storylines. I think Roman Reigns has his plate full with upcoming opponents, right? Like, you have Goldberg, you have Brock Lesnar, there's an unfinished story with Seth Rollins. So why not build stronger characters where you can have grudge fields that have nothing to do with titles? But they're not doing that. You know, like, Drew McIntyre, final two in the Royal Rumble, Matt Cat Moss, the legend that eliminated AJ Styles, and that's, that's what they give us. <laughs> I mean, <it's, laughs> no, that's a good point. They, they should, uh, I mean, they can use it, but I don't feel like they're building up their mid. I feel like they're just wasting their time because I don't see the happy folks being something that people are going to take seriously as like a mid card act. But you said you laughed. No, yeah, exactly. I laughed. I'm not taking something seriously <laughs> if I'm laughing at it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, I know. I hate it. I hated it. I hated it. Remember how, like, ruthless and cruel drew seemed when he beat the crap out of heath slater when heath like said he was hard up for cash and drew like threw the money on the floor and like <laughs> drew was such a freaking cool heel and remember how great baron was when he was just yeah. complaining all the time about like all the hardships he was suffering like his wife leaving him and oh my god remember that amazing career riddick moss had okay no. that's a bit too far. <laughs> <laughs> I was following you into that last one. Yeah, let's not get carried away. Right? <laughs> Riddick Moss is talented. I just he is. Really... He's got something. Yeah. It's tough, man. It's tough to watch. So, Naomi is getting a title shot against Charlotte next week. Sonya Deville, I'm sure we'll find some way to uh, screw over I mean, Naomi. clearly, Charlotte's main eventing WrestleMania. So, if that doesn't go to show you how much faith they have on this match. Here's another example of them treating their top baby face like they're smart, where Drew McIntyre could see the person coming from behind him. That's the oldest trick in the book. Meanwhile, a couple of segments later, Naomi, of all people should know, yeah, Sonya Deville's probably going to interfere in this match. Maybe I should get some assurances that she's not to come to ringside or whatnot. But next week, when Sonya Deville does interfere, Naomi's going to have to act all surprised or like she's distracted or caught off guard by it, making her look, losing her credibility. And I yes. think at the very least, she should have said something like, okay, Naomi cannot appear at ringside or something uh, instead of actually taking this seriously. 
<sighs> we'll I see. mean, Sonia's getting fired as an authority figure soon, right? I, we have to go okay. there because How much clearly on the final segment of SmackDown too, she got involved in something she didn't need to. So at this point, I'm starting to feel like they're giving us this whole power trip, Sonia the villain. Somebody's got to like take her out. You know, Shane McMahon tried a power trip in the Royal Rumble, and you let him go within 48 hours. Sonya Deville has been doing this to Naomi for half a year now yeah. with no repercussions. And Maybe she's not related that. to anyone there. No, no, yeah, so she's free game. Yes. As Nia Jax will remind you on Twitter. That was a fire <laughs> tweet that she sent out. Listen. <laughs> hey, she's not wrong. And then she's snitching out. She's ratting out other people. Like, <laughs> I love it. I love Messy Nia Jax. I listen to that podcast with Renee Young. I might go back and listen to it. I love Messy Nia Jax. Let's go. Whatever you got to do to stay relevant. <laughs> wow. Well, my favorite part is that she said in this interview that you have to be higher up or somebody's family to feel safe. And I'm like, they just fired Shane McMahon. Like, are we not? In right. the same it, boat here, like you are, making, you are related to the rock. Nobody's yeah. freaking safe, sis. <laughs> I know, but that's what she was saying. She's being sarcastic. Well, she I think she tweeted making fun of that quote that she said, but that she was saying, Well, I guess I wasn't I was wrong about uh you know the feeling close to somebody or something like that because of the Shane situation. Well, of course she had to tweet about it because yeah, now she yeah. sounded dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um so we saw the, the Twitter drama has been more interesting than everything that we talked yes. about in the show today. We talked about really... Tony. Yeah, we should yeah. we should just have like a tea segment where we, we just should like, like a Twitter tea segment. That would be so much fun. Yeah, they're overthinking this in wrestling. Like your storylines, your best storylines are right there for the taking. Like WWE always chooses the worst things. Like they'll take somebody's drug problem and make that into a storyline, but you won't take this like menial family drama where the kid got mad at his dad and stormed off. Like you're not making that into a storyline. Alfred, what makes you think that it isn't? Yeah, I, I oh, do think there's a 50% <laughs> chance the Shane thing is a work. Oh, me too. Isn't that what DDP did say it, it might be a work? But that's when you know you got him because people still say that about the Montreal screw job. When you got something this big, you know it is because some people are going to have, and I've heard some compelling cases that this might be a work. If you put Shane in charge of NXT storyline wise or SmackDown or anything, like that would be pretty hot right now. Hear me out. When Shane shows up with his <laughs> army at AEW, Triple H is in it too. Oh, man. I like it. Me too. What was next in the show? The McMahon <laughs> Civil War. Yes. We're going to get a dungeon style match. Natalia wants to face Aaliyah. What does that even mean? Pinfall well, or submission. It might oh. be like the Lions Den that they had with uh, Owen Hart and Ken Shamrock. Oh, yeah. That was, it that might that be was something good. along those lines. No, because it's Natalia. They're not going to do anything serious. It's going to be embarrassing. Watch. Because yeah, that's what they do to her. They do she that to her every good. time. Yeah. I know. It's so unfortunate. Uh, we had a championship contenders match. So Sami Zayn, we saw him at the Jackass premiere. Still beefing with Johnny Knoxville. Sami wants his, uh, his chance uh, at the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, but there was a contenders match tonight. Shinsuke versus Jinder. Uh, Rick Boogie's guitar was not working. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. I don't like that's all he has. I feel really bad because without the guitar, like that's the act, man. You know, sometimes I feel like WWE likes to 
take you down in an, in, to negative town, right? And as soon as I saw Shinsuke and Jinder, I couldn't help but to remember that Shinsuke lost his very first WWE title opportunity when he was feuding with Jinder Mahal. And that hurt my heart. However, hearing that he's going to be facing Sami Zayn brought me back to why I fell in love with Shinsuke Nakamura in NXT. Sami Zayn's commentary was like, Shinsuke has never been better in the ring than when he was with me. And I'm like, too real, bro. Too freaking <laughs> real. I cannot wait to see the two of them go at it again. Oh, yeah. No, that was one of the best matches I've ever seen live. Uh, I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. And they also have that history where they were together as I think they introduced that title when they were together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He changed the white title to the black yes. title for Shinsuke, correct? Um, I didn't mind Sami Zayn being Shinsuke's mouthpiece during that time yeah. either, by the way. I don't mind Sami Zayn doing anything. He's the, my, They should have a championship for the people who are best at turning WWE's crappy material into good material. Okay, and so here's the deal. Sami Zayn, Chad Gable should be in contention for that. Yeah. Riddle. So after we get Ricochet's Intercontinental Championship by emailing Snickers, the next is Sami Zayn as WWE champion. That's going to be our next yeah, crusade. One okay, by one. Okay. But can I email about a Sami Zayn and Brock Lesnar show in Canada, like Brock teaching him how to hunt and everything? Because that would be amazing. <laughs> this is how we're going to do a hostile takeover of WWE Creative. By, and we should pick a different storyline. for like We'll organize like in a Facebook group because that's cutting edge. And we'll be like, okay, so with Cricket Wireless, we're going to go after like Aaliyah needs to be the like SmackDown champion. We're going to pick a different sponsor and a different storyline. Listen, Facebook groups, they, they, they solve crimes and everything. Didn't you watch Don't oh, yeah. F with Cats? I'm they telling you, we crime. could have something here. They cause confusion about vaccine efficacy. Facebook groups are apparently... <laughs> Finger on the pulse. QAnon. Yeah. We got we to gotta name it something super secretive, though. I can't say it in the podcast, obviously, but we got to name it something super secretive. Like, we got to think of a good name that nobody knows what we're up to. It's true. It should be a name that you can only communicate with your eyes. We need to come up with a look, and that's the name of it. <laughs> look. We'll work on it. We'll, we'll come up with it. We'll come up with our – this is going to be great. This is how we're going to do a hostile takeover of WWE Creative. It's all going to happen. It's all going to work out. Just be sure that the look works with lashes because I sometimes when I go and use my clear at the airport because I have lashes extensions, it doesn't recognize my eyes. So we just got to make sure that it works with lashes on. Okay, thanks. (laughs) Make it all work. For your Brock Lesnar CMZ show, it should be beast eye for the straight guy. And that, you know, (laughs) where he... (laughs) (laughs) He shows him the way of of the beast, you know, and... uh... And here, I, I might like that more than Vanilla Trice. I want you to know that. <laughs> oh, we haven't been saying that. Oh, they haven't been appearing together. But, oh, yeah. I never, I never forgot about Vanilla Trice. We gotta go back to that. Vanilla Trice. So, see, in the in the booking, we're gonna have it so Brock and Sammy are gonna go after the tag team championships, have like a banger of a match with the Usos, win the championships there, and then we're gonna get all the vignettes up in Canada on the farm. Uh, Sammy's going to try and turn Brock vegan. It's going to be great. <laughs> when they break up, it'll be for the world championship, the feud. It's fire. Do we get a segment in which Brock is trying to force feed meat to Sammy saying? <laughs> and Sammy is talking about how only if it's ethically slaughtered and then Brock will just like slaughter it in front of Sammy and it'll look horrified. <laughs> I think there's a lot that we can do with this. Um, so Shinsuke won that match. And uh, it was okay. I mean, it was what it was. Uh, so, 
Jude versus Los Lotharios. Why? Oh, well, because I don't know. I don't know why. Why is Biggie here? Biggie was just a champion. He's not even on Raw anymore. He's not even on the, this chamber match. Like, I am so disappointed in how they're doing them both. Yeah. And I'm just glad, and I hope I'm not putting this out in the universe, that they're not making anything out of Kofi Kingston's botch at the Royal Rumble. I felt terrible for the guy. And I just figured WWE, we talk about the things they choose to make storylines about. This sounds like one of those things that they would want to capitalize on. And they didn't make any mention to it. And I hope it stays that way. Well, I agree with you. I hated that commentary even brought it back up. Me neither. Like, let's, just... let's just forget about it. Like, it yeah. happened. We all get it. Like, we all let it go. It's Kofi Kingston. If he would have pulled it off, it would have been incredible. And he didn't. And that's fine. I feel like this was bound to happen eventually, right? But we don't need to keep bringing it up or reminding us. Like, commentary. I, I'm glad they're not making a storyline about it. But also, I would appreciate it if he could just gets dropped completely. Yeah, I'll take a step forward. They should have just kayfaved it and just not shown the camera angle, just been like, oh, no, 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 everybody. He did land, whatever. And then maybe after the fact, okay, sure. The Rock once won a Royal Rumble yeah. in 2000 with both his feet touching the floor. Thank and you. that wasn't supposed to happen. And, and they still made a big deal. Of, they're, they're so beholden a lot of these fake rules that they have that this is wrestling, man. You can kayfabe some stuff. I wonder, and, and I don't know if this is a factor, but how much based on what we know now with this Royal Rumble being changed so many times and so many decisions like as people are coming out of Gorilla, don't you think that would have messed with his psyche when somebody's about to do a high-risk move and you are trying to figure out when are you supposed to come in, when are you supposed to go out? It changes 10 times. Don't you think that probably messes with the preparation of somebody like Kofi Kingston doing a crazy spot? Like, I really wonder about that. Do you think that happened, uh, Shane McMahon went up to him backstage and was like, bro, if they only would have done my plan tonight, none of this would have happened. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Probably. <laughs> Shane really is Roman Roy. I, I'm not Roman. Uh, uh, Kendall. Son. Kendall, Kendall. Kendall. It really is Kendall. Yes. And we need to, we need to meet uh, uh, the, the Connor, uh, the, the forgotten McMahon. Yeah, who is, is that? That would be Rob McMahon, Vince's brother, right? <laughs> well, could be. Oh, man. Uh, oh, but you know what occurred to me, though, is in the McMahon succession, we have to involve Hornswoggle somehow. Oh, absolutely. He'd be Does the Shane Greg. McMahon go on a tell-all podcast and just play, like paints himself as the victim, the escape goat of the Royal Rumble? God, I, I hope. Shane I, McMahon, I don't know if it's like that. Shane McMahon, the Wrestling Inc. podcast is open for you to come and do your shoot Please. interview. And we will just give you a platform. And we, you yeah. know what? We'll rally you up. We'll agree with you. I mean, within reason. But we'll agree with you and we'll just we'll really put you over all your ideas and really help paint the picture that you were the creative genius that between Raw Underground and uh, your Royal Rumble ideas, you could have single-handedly saved WWE from itself. 1,000%. I might not be able to promise this, but half the Super Chats will go to you, Shane McMahon. We'll split it right down the middle. Clearly, he's struggling with money. He just <laughs> lost his... He was going to get a lot of money. Now he lost all of it, so... What did he go crypto? Oh, there was there was that lawsuit that he, he's suing somebody, right? For that. No, no, no. I'm talking about his father taking him off of the oh yes. of the will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's even worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he probably has to drop his last name. I guarantee you, that's part of the deal. You know, Vince McMahon's gonna outlive us all. Oh, but probably. I would love there to be a storyline about Vince McMahon's will. And what's in it in kayfabe and to find out in reality. It was probably going to happen when they blew up the limo. Probably. Mm-hmm. Missed opportunities. If Vince uh, was writing it, it would just be all this toilet humor, like a hand and, you know, toilet plunger. 
He's probably going to leave everything to John Cena. Oh, that'd be great. In a weird twist, he leaves everything to the World Wildlife Fund. Oh. <laughs> Again, everything that we're saying that has nothing to do with the shows tonight have been my favorite part of the show. And then Hornswoggle is like, I'm going to sue the World Wildlife Fund. <laughs> and Greenpeace while I'm at it. Um, so, did you see, Alfred, that Greenpeace actually tweeted about the because of Greg? Yeah. Oh no, I didn't see that. That's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah, they've got some <laughs> about it too about leaving your estate to Greenpeace. Um, I'll check that out. So, the New Day won the special. Look, as much as I've crapped on Los Lotharios, like I thought this was a pretty good match. I mean, oh, there's no rhyme to it, but this match was really good. Los Lotharios are though they can go, and I think Angel Garza is a star, but you know they're slotted in a certain way as a tag team right now, where we're not really given a reason to care. And the New Day is leaps and bounds above this. Even teaming as a New Day, I think, is beneath them now. They've all proven that as single stars, they're very viable, and I think they should, especially in the climate of WWE right now, they should both be getting pushes as single stars, possibly on different shows. Yeah, Menudo rejects. <laughs> I'm just saying this might be a little crazy tonight. I know we're a little like uh, looser tongued about our opinions about WWE, but we have like record live viewership for a SmackDown tonight. Wow, it's WrestleMania season. And, and they want to see, and they want to come and congratulate Yellow Jackets Buzz for being one of the 10 <laughs> podcasts to watch. 15, by 15, let's 15, be 15, 15, 15, 15, TV podcast. This Facebook group is going to be lit and we're going to change some things in the world of wrestling. Right. And then after WWE and NXT, then we're going for AEW next. It's mobilized. Let's do it. I'm ready. Take our hands. I've been ready. I've been ready. I will say the Valentine's Day photo shoot and the New Day crashing it, I might have popped for that a little bit. Well, when funny. they were showing the pictures, I thought that was funny. <laughs> I like how that was produced. It was very well done. And I think that with Los Lotharios, it's kind of a mid-card gimmick at best. And, I, and, you know, they're great wrestlers, but I don't think they've really elevated the gimmick. They haven't really given them vignettes. I mean, they're Lotharios. What are they doing? Since the girl from The Bachelor was there, like, they haven't been Lotharoing up, Lotharing it up. What's the verb for Lothario? I don't know, but they haven't been doing it. Yeah, and they're talking about them being, um, what is it, like, ladies, man. But then you yes. have Angel Garza tweeting pictures of his baby sonogram, and it's just like, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. They're on the yeah. road. They're heel, be- man. There should be before every match backstage. They should be talking to does you know? Let's be progressive. It could be man or woman, and they should be like, "Look, there's something you know. Uh, I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel, and come dawn or come come after the show. I'm out of here. You know, you I know, can't stick around. That would be a fire gimmick where Angel Garza was such a Lothario that everybody falls in love with them. Yes. men, women, backstage producers, like anybody who comes into his charismatic wake falls in love with them. That that would be fire. And he gave a promo and be like, you don't understand my curse. You think this was a gift, but I belong to the world. It is hard being this irresistible. Absolutely. He could walk in on a Vince and Austin theory and then Vince like has him win the Royal Rumble instead. What is happening? Because this gimmick is actually, I said it was a C gimmick. No, this could be an A plus freaking gimmick, but you're treating it like a C gimmick. Yeah. They need to do more with this. These guys can wrestle in the ring. They could do so many stories with I'm this. leaving the Facebook group. I'm sorry. I'm done. Bye. <laughs> you don't like this fan fiction of everybody falling in love with this Lothario? No. 
this was a good match. This was probably the high point of SmackDown tonight. Was this no, match. I'm gonna start my own Facebook group to go against your Facebook group because you didn't meet my expectations. <laughs> You're gonna be like, we want Brock versus Roman and Baby Oil and Issa. Yes, I'm gonna the- teach. I'm gonna teach my Facebook group the look so they can infiltrate your group. And just, they're gonna be like under siege. <laughs> We're gonna have to change our look every week, Glenn, for security purposes. Edward Cousins is saying the Latin Pied Piper. Why doesn't anyone talk about the Pied Piper anymore? When we were growing up, it was Pied Piper this and Pied Piper that. And now nobody talks about the Pied Piper anymore. See, my Pied Piper reference is that R. Kelly calls himself the Pied Piper. Really? Oh, maybe he kind of killed uh, that. He might have had something to do with it. Look, even my dog is giving you a look right now. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of the Two Live Crew song and that one lyric, but uh, I didn't know R. Kelly went there. (laughs) That explains a lot. <laughs> Anyhow, moving on. Um, so the New Day won this match. And then we had our main event segment with Charlotte. This was weird. The most confusing freaking thing I've ever seen on television. I still don't know who's fighting who. So Charlotte entered the Rumble to be able to pick her opponent. Ronda won the Rumble. She was out there saying it's going to be Ronda versus Becky. Therefore, Charlotte wants to face Sasha Banks, who wasn't even there tonight. Then Ronda came out. And uh, Charlotte's belt is Charlotte's baby, and it's cuter than Ronda's baby. Shots fired. Um, And it's now going to be Ronda versus Charlotte at WrestleMania, which is how we all knew this was going to go anyhow. um, And then with uh, the end, it ended up with Sonya Deville in the armbar. This was very confusing, but I'm sorry. So who's fighting who at WrestleMania? Becky versus no. Sasha, Sasha versus Charlotte, Ronda <laughs> versus Becky. They they made like five different matches in this segment. Yes. Um, it's gonna be Charlotte versus Ronda. Right. And who knows who Becky's gonna face at WrestleMania. Yeah. But uh Alfred, what did you think of this promo segment? I, I thought it was very unnecessarily done how they got there. And I did think it was weird and pretty odd that on Monday we got heel Rhonda who left the fans hanging, didn't want to she was just angry in the zone Rhonda. And then this week it was a complete about face for SmackDown where four days after portraying herself as a heel, even after her Royal Rumble win on a backstage segment, now she's smiling Rhonda, kissing babies and slapping hands and now she's pandering to the crowd more. So I don't know if this is something that she's going to be doing where she's a baby face some nights or heels other nights. Maybe they just saw that segment Monday and decided Rhonda has to be baby face. These people want to see her and these people are cheering her at least for now. And then she'll turn heel when they turn on her inevitably. But uh, it's just very inconsistent with Ronda Rousey so far. You can never have a baby face run with Ronda if you're going to put her against Becky. So I personally will hold on to that match until you have Becky back into a babyface mode because Ronda will get booed against Becky. That's just how it works. So I would have never even done the Monday night uh, segment. Both of these segments were confusing because Monday night it ended with Lita against Becky. So you didn't even need to bring Ronda and piping chants from the crowd like they did. You could have just ended the show with Lita calling out Becky. And then you could have ended tonight with Charlotte versus Ronda because I do think that you could get a babyface run out of Ronda if she's facing Charlotte. I do think that you have more chance of getting Ronda getting cheered. But, yeah. I mean, they're not doing a good job at the way that they have booked Ronda since her return. And she got an amazing reaction at the Rumble. I was there. People really went crazy for her. And then Monday, you kind of, like, destroy her. And tonight, it was just confusing. Why did she come out and say she wanted Becky? And then she was like, I'll see you at WrestleMania, female dog. Like, 
what is that all about? Who are you calling out? I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> I didn't like it. Okay. I know. I, I hate when they do it too because it's so lazy and they do it all the time. Uh, like Jade on AEW makes it cool, at least. Uh, but on WWE, it's so lazy. But it would have been better if she would have called a female talk. <laughs> that, that would have actually elevated this. That would have gotten a bigger pop, actually. It sounds like a worse insult than because they've been bastardized to bitch so much that if they heard the female dog, now you're saying something. Yes. And she implied that Rhonda's child was not as attractive as her belt. Yeah, but I, 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 I liked uh, a little bit of the heat that Charlotte was getting there. I just wish she would have just made it more about the mom versus mom when she mentioned that in her promo. It's like, you could say that these women left to go have babies while you stay there and carry the divisions. Like she could have easily gotten heat about them going on maternity leave instead of saying <laughs> yeah. your baby's ugly. Like that's like, yeah. that's weird. That's yeah. weird. Let's have Charlotte try and bury motherhood. I think that'll really work for the WWE. I think she it would. Though. I love that she idea. Did. No, I actually absolutely love it. If you want to go heel, you got a full heel. And her saying something about being barefoot and pregnant would whip these people, especially in Oklahoma, into a frenzy. Yeah, you have to remember, though, there's two different audiences there, especially when it comes to the female. You have the moms that are going to be super supportive of this, and you have the girls that don't want babies. Yeah. I know what that's like. So, you know, when Charlotte makes comments like that, I'm not going to be like, oh, that's me. I'm going to be like, okay. I want <laughs> Charlotte bringing up Rhonda's Instagram feed and just like commenting on every photo. You know? <laughs> just trolling her. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why not really go there? Um, so yeah, this this I mean, look, we knew this was gonna be the outcome of this. So for the first time ever, Ronda on SmackDown. Yay. Yeah, because Fox was like, I want Ronda's back. We're getting you the ratings. We get Ronda first. Oh yeah. That's yeah. the real reason why we're not getting Ronda versus Becky. <laughs> now what are okay. how long before Ronda calls Charlotte Ashley? I was thinking about that when you talked about her trolling her on Instagram. That would be the place right. to do it. But she'll probably have some Twitter promo calling her Ashley. I know. <laughs> Um, terrible Trey 89 with a 499 super chat. Been a while since I made it to the stream. LOL. Hope you guys are well. Great to see you, Trey. It has been a while. Yeah. Hi, back. Trey. Uh, Matthew Dunn super chat to euros, maybe. Uh, Elimination Chamber stacked card thoughts. I mean, Becky versus Lita, that for me, that that's the match I want to see. The, the the elimination chamber match for the WWE title, I think, is going to be incredible. Wouldn't it be better though if Shane McMahon was in it as originally planned? Yes. Oh, one thousand percent. Shane McMahon is the hottest WWE superstar right now, whether they know it or not. He's Shane this and is a, it's White all House. a story. It's all a storyline, and that's how we're gonna get the the Austin Theory story going. He's gonna take out Austin Theory creatively and put himself in the match. Yeah, there you go. I would love to see Shane McMahon make some type of return because uh, people can't seem to get enough of this drama and they really need to capitalize on it. And WWE needs something. I mean, they they just, they're lacking right now and they need something. And Shane McMahon could be that something. Shane McMahon is always that something. Yes. At least he thinks so. (laughs) I mean, that should be his character. He should just come out like the boss's son trying to pull rank in the middle of people's matches. I'd love it. But here's the crazy thing. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Glenn. Go ahead. The crazy thing was you'd have every reason on earth to think that, and they've played him that way before. (laughs) But then when he returned in 2016, he was, and he became the GM of SmackDown. He was like the fan favorite, super likable character until they did that weird heel turn with the best in the world tournament. Um, Shane McMahon, like, 
I, up until that, I would have said it was probably one of the most beloved figures in all of WWE. Yeah, he's the most beloved McMahon for sure. Like yeah. all things oh, equal, he's the most beloved. That's, that's Which I know, I'm saying like your favorite sweatshop, but like he is the most <laughs> beloved McMahon. I can't stop laughing at the chat that says, um, it's Shane Khan. <laughs> Shane Khan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Listen, all I want is it doesn't matter what Shane McMahon does as long as he says under siege every single time before he starts a promo. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Rampage tonight. Rampage wow, we still have Rampage? Yeah, let's get through this. <laughs> Rampage that was taped uh, on Wednesday. And uh, oh, Tony Khan, you tricked us tonight. With uh, your newsworthy info that was basically saying drink more Ovaltine um, yeah. and tune in Wednesday. Hey, he's but, getting, uh, getting more of a carny every day. They grow up so fast. I love it. Isn't it amazing? He's doing like he's going that Shane McMahon route. That's why he yeah. needs Shane to come into his company. Baby face <laughs> it up. Um, so Adam Cole versus Evil Uno. Pretty why? straightforward match. Why? 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 Very why? quick. The promo was like twice as long as this match. I think that promo went on way too long. Okay, well, the, what was cool about the promo, though, is it seems like Adam Cole's following up some upward momentum. He was out there listing off everyone that he's defeated, and now he wants to go for the AEW World Championship. Of course. After you lose that match to Orange Cassidy, there's nowhere else to go but the world title. <laughs> he didn't lose. He's still undefeated. It that does not happen. Nothing to see count. here. Do I live in some parallel universe where Adam Cole wasn't being pushed this whole time? Like, <laughs> aside from the Orange Cassidy thing, like, he's fine. Adam Cole is going to be fine. And we've seen this now. He's getting a world title shot. I don't sure think he's going to win Alfred, it. But I mean, I'm sure that you sat there when the news were coming up that Adam Cole was going to be a free agent. And you say, man, I cannot wait to see him wrestle Evil Uno on Rampage. I'm sure that oh, was yeah. your first thought no, no. when see, you found evil, out. I'm talking about long term. Like, yeah, this Evil Uno match, you're going to take it or leave it. You're going to take Rampage. Page or leave it but i mean he's now being booked opposite the champion and you know what he might win that match who knows you know they haven't been doing a good job with hangman adam page and i could say they have not match. they have not but i'm just i'm just saying this is a match that i okay whatever it was good the promo was great go adam cole he's got momentum yeah he's a, I, I don't think he's gonna win but uh he, he'll, he'll be fine yes um i'm excited for him to get a real like main event storyline i think that i think that's been the problem see as i would argue alfred that the issue has been he's been treated like a main character but he's been largely in feuds that had no real consequences are we all watching the same show (laughs) just are we are you guys talking about nxt adam cole or aw adam cole i just i'm trying to make sure Adam Cole has been on almost every episode of Rampage, it feels like, and they haven't wrestled and they give him these showcases, but it doesn't mean anything is what I'm saying. Nothing on Rampage really on means... TV every week. Yeah. And, and I would say he's been a character on Dynamite. They've done quite a bit with him between the Young Bucks and this long-term this story they're telling with the Elite versus the Undisputed. They went and hired his goons from NXT just to appease him to be around. Like, this guy is getting the red carpet. If, if it does seem like it's a little stagnant, it's because maybe he got so much so early that the expectations have gotten out of control. So now every day he's not a world champion. People are like, well, what's going on with Adam Cole? The man will be fine. Sure. I mean, he's getting kisses from everybody every week. Got to be with his girlfriend on TV. Main event. You know? Main event. Right. They have to bring his girlfriend, who's more over, <laughs> to make sure people she still really watch. Is. But okay. <laughs> Just saying. I don't think we're watching the same show here, but that's okay. 
great Jade Cargill. Talk about Adam Cole's promo was good. It was long. Talk about Jade Cargill. Very short promo, but very effective. Love it. Love Needle it. mover Jade Cargill. More over than any of these guys that you're seeing on this television. I know this is a narrative people don't want out there, but her segments are doing better than John Moxley. They did better than that world title match, which got that huge lead in from Big Bang when people from Big Bang were still actually watching the product. She still did better than them an hour later with Ruby Soho. So Jade Cargill lighting the world on fire. Green like money. She's so good. She has it. Even on the photos, there was photos of the um, AEW wrestlers and Tony Khan marking out at the at the basketball game. And you look at the group of people that they had there and just just Jade had it. She yeah. has it. And this promo was amazing. Love her. I was very happy to see the TNT title being defended on TNT. It sounds like maybe the TBS title will now be defended on TBS. <laughs> there you go. That was, only makes sense. Right. It's basically like FX and FXX. It's the same channel. Yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison. That's exactly what it is. One of them showing the accountant, the other one showing Batman versus Superman. <laughs> as long as Ben Affleck is in the movie. I haven't told you this piece yet. I got a podcast I'm thinking about doing. We gotta we gotta connect about this. Speaking of Ben Affleck. Okay. Yes. You got my attention. But, <laughs> reindeer game. No, yeah. Fuck yeah, reindeer. I love reindeer games, both the original cut and the director's cut. But no, uh, but think about it. love and affliction. And all we do is watch Ben Affleck movies. Every week is just a Let's different go. Ben Affleck movie. Let's go. Love I love affection. it. I actually watch, love it. We're going to watch Bounce. We're going to watch Forces of Nature. We're going to watch Paycheck. As long as we do like a random pick of what movie we watch. Like we'll yeah. just do like a random generator and that's the movie that we watch. Ben Affleck has got a shit ton of movies. And I'll tell you, you think yeah. like we got in Variety because of Yellow Jackets, Love and Affliction. And we don't stop until we get that interview with Ben. If you ever do the town, I want to be on that podcast. If you ever do the town, town is. <laughs> I love that idea. Actually, it's good. Love I mean, I, I thought I had something good with my Limp Bizcast, where we're going to cover a different Limp Biscuit song in every episode. But I think Love and Affection has got you know more long more legs with Love and Affection for sure. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Great and and really, yeah, and you know, we just it rolls right into whatever's on TNT or TBS. So I've seen the end of the accountant more than I've seen most movies. Like the end of the account is always on, always like the last three minutes of the account. Why isn't the town? Why isn't that on TV ever? That's a separate. You conspiracy. should do a podcast on the last three minutes of the account. Every, <laughs> every week you got a different day. You know what's weird about that is I watched that all the way through like five years ago. And then we started watching it the other night because it was on. And I was like, I remember none of this. I know the end, but I remembered none of the stuff about his brother and all the plot at the beginning. Like none of it. None of that stuck at all. I wish I could forget the town and watch the town again because that was so great the first time. Amazing. Oh my god! Uh, so anyhow, let's talk about Sammy Guevara versus Isaiah Cassidy with Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn at ringside. Um, Alfred, what did you think of this match? I thought this was actually a really good match. I mean, I thought both guys were really good. I thought uh, Sammy Zayn was excellent. I like that they did a little cut. Sammy Zayn, <laughs> I was going to do that. I'm sure I've done that before too. Sammy Guevara was excellent. Uh, I like that they did thing with Jericho because they're obviously in the inner circle. So to have Jericho just commentating while all these guys are coming for Sammy Guevara would have been weird. But they actually had Jericho stand up like he was going to interfere before Darby came in. And I think Darby and Guevara is going to be lit. People forget, but they had an excellent match at Revolution. I think it was 2020. It was like one of the best matches AEW has ever had to that point. And they've only both gotten better since then. So Guevara and um, Darby Allen is going to be really cool. 
Yeah, this, I agree. Was, this was a fun match. I also asked why, but I didn't yeah. mind it. I thought it was a fun match to watch. I just didn't understand why he was getting the title shot because, you know, the TNT title is going to be booked just like the world title. So it didn't make sense to me. But in the ring, this match was a lot of fun. But I, I feel like what Alfred said, like Sammy Guevara has gotten so good. And I think him and Darby will be just a lot of fun to watch. Um, but yeah, it was a fun match. I yeah, thought it was good. perfect with the timing too. Like it wasn't too long, it wasn't too short. It was right. very good with that. It pays very well. Overall, I thought this was a good match. I thought that him having both the belts, I like that they're keeping that going. Um, I mean, Sammy is definitely one of the the bigger success stories to come out of AEW, building up its own stars and talent base, which is good. Uh, what happened after that? Oh, Mercedes Martinez versus Thunder Rosa. Like oh, this, so excited for this. I wish you would have opened or closed the show, though. I didn't like the spot where they put it. And a DQ ending. Yeah. That never happens in AEW. Never. We're making history tonight. <laughs> yeah, that was a long finish. I didn't like the storytelling either afterwards where they're just, it's like they're making the storyline up as they go along where Britt Baker now comes in like, no, it wasn't Jade. I'm the one who signed the contract. And they're doing this whole thing to kind of force their way to Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. So you know, even though the crowd was a little dead, they were very much into Thunder Rosa. And uh, yeah. I agree with you, Issa. I do think that this could have maybe opened the show uh, because, you know, it's Mercedes Martinez debut. And I too was looking forward to this match and a little underwhelming for me. Yeah. And uh, the ending, I guess, I mean, I like that they don't take advantage and do a lot of DQs, but I was just very excited to see them. I did think that both of these women needed the win, so I guess you stay protected somewhat. You made um, Mercedes Martinez look like a badass, but I was really looking forward to this match, and I thought it was it was not what I expected it to be. I didn't like the promo afterwards either, Alfred. I thought it was weird editing, especially because we just saw her. I know it's pre-tape, but we just saw her at the ring, and now she's backstage looking fresh like she didn't just have a match. It was weird, but it was fun. I mean, these two women are talented, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next. This is really good. Um, I thought that the DQ, I don't know. How do you think it would have gone if they would have just played it straight and gone to an actual finish? I mean, I think that's what we're going to see the next time they face off and Thunder Rose is going to win. And she's it's probably going to be Mercedes Martinez taking most of the match and Thunder Rose is going to find a way right. to counter and roll her up. Yeah. Britt Baker. So this keeps that going as well. So who do you think is going to finally take that title off Britt Baker? It might be Thunder Rosa. I mean, that's they're building toward Brit and Thunder Rosa, and that's the long-term story. I think they're doing that for a revolution, and this is going to be the first time that I might believe that Britt Baker could lose that title. Same. Same. There's a story, the Lights Out match that doesn't count on doesn't count on the Rosa did win that. You have a you have a long-term storytelling here. They could both of them could main event a pay-per-view if done yeah. the right way. Yeah. Sean Wiley, $5 super chat saying one Darby turning heel two Martinez Rosa joining forces with each other against Britt Baker three hook will feud against Starks eventually. Oh yeah. What'd you think of uh, Darby aligning himself with Sammy in the uh, post-match attack earlier? Well, I think they were teasing that they were going to face each other. So, you know, he was looking at his belts, which I don't know why Sammy still has two of them, but there's looking at them and uh, they're going to do a match for the TNT title, which is going to be fire. Yeah. Yeah, it would make sense. Darby Allen did have the TNT title. Why wouldn't he want it back? 
I, I think that's what's going to happen. I also wonder about the two belts. I was like, I thought we unified them. Why are we still carrying two around? The identical title. <laughs> why? Why, oh, why, oh, why? If that's the uh, case, I'm going to need Carmelo Hayes to start carrying both belts on Tuesday. Seriously? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> These were both good matches. I thought, I don't know. If this had been a live show, this would have been absolutely fantastic. Right. And speaking of titles that don't count, what was next on the show? The FTW <laughs> championship uh, with Ricky Starks defending against Jay Lethal. And uh, yeah. Hey, finish of the year for me so far. That was the best finish of the year uh, for a title that doesn't count. Uh, what do you think about this, Alfred? You've been critical of the way Jay Lethal has been booked thus far. I thought he looked fantastic in there for what, what they gave him, but it, it, the storytelling is very questionable. Uh, yeah, Rick, even Ricky Starks deserves better than this uh, to be competing for this title that nobody really knows what the value is. Taz does a good job explaining this on commentary, but I don't think AEW does a good job of explaining the lineage of this title or whatnot. And this just felt like, hey, listen, let's just get these two good workers on TV. They have a match. Really still don't you know know completely why they're motivated to go after this title, but... They had one hell of a match, and I'm glad they did because they're going to have to keep creating opportunities for themselves, and this is how you do it. That reversal of the lethal injection for the finish of this match was a thing of beauty. And I went into this match thinking, wow, I feel like both of these guys need the win. Both of these guys need to shine, and they did that. And I don't think that this made Jay Lethal look worse in defeat i thought he didn't look you know he's not going out looking bad in defeat i agree with alfred i just wish they explained that this title a little bit better not just when Taz is talking about it because even when nxt was doing the million dollar title thing which it wasn't a sanctioned title it felt like a big deal and i never felt that way about the ft like i never felt that way about this title not even when it was introduced so i just wish they just gave it a little bit of more importance but i was very happy with the in-ring from both of these guys it was it was just it was a great match and i said if you didn't watch rampage that's what i will say to go back and watch it will be that main event it was a fun match and the reversal at the end i can't wait to watch it again Terrible Trey 89, Buck 99, saying, I love AEW, but damn, Jay Lethal deserves better. I agree with every word there. I completely agree. I think, uh, you know, Jay, they even kind of in passing mentioned, yeah, you've done a lot in wrestling, but like, this, not, he hasn't just done a lot. He's like one of the goats of this indie wrestling scene that they say they love so much. So Jay Lethal should really be right there in the mix with the Adam Coles of the world. Right, right. Yeah. Same with Ricky Starks, man. Ricky yeah. Starks has it also. And I don't know that. I wish they wouldn't put him in fields with each other. Like both of these guys should be shining. And like you said, if you were to put him in a field with like an Adam Cole, like a Darby Allen, like a Sammy Guevara, this could be a whole different story where they could both be successful. You don't have to, you know, have one lose to the other. Just put them in different fields. You have like 80,000 people in your roster. You're about to sign 100,000 more. Why do you have them feuding with each other? Yeah. That was an exaggerated amount, by the way. No, that's about right. <laughs> uh, it was a good hour. It was a good hour of wrestling. It went by fairly fast. It was enjoyable. Yeah, it was a breeze. I, you know, I didn't think that was particularly bad, but I will say this. Tomorrow feels like it's going to be a fast national day, ladies and gentlemen. I feel like I'm going to be getting those fast nationals tomorrow for this show. Well, because, what time uh, does, does Vince text you out? We know uh, he's doing Eliezer. We know he doesn't street. sleep come through sometime in the afternoon maybe the late morning but you know what this for feels me like it depends schedule. it depends on what the streets do on friday night if they stay out <laughs> too late the numbers coming a little bit later but if the streets go to sleep early we get the number early you know what i mean yep streets exactly don't sleep so the streets don't sleep sometimes
sometimes they do. Sometimes yeah, they do, really especially can. when they're watching Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, a parting shot. <laughs> so when you direct those tweets and you want to talk about somebody hating on AEW, remember it's NYC Demon Diva and that's Diva with a one. <laughs> I like AEW, man. I liked MJF winning on Wednesday. I thought that was an amazing decision. I didn't yeah. think it was going to happen. I do think AEW does some things, right? But I think I think we, we sit here to tell you guys the truth, okay? And I'm not going to fake it. I, I, there's some things I don't like about AEW. 100%. It's just such a tribal mentality these days where if there's one thing you don't like, then they'll try to say that you don't like anything, but you can't really listen to anything like that. We know we love things about AEW, but there's a lot to right. criticize about AEW, just well, like we Alfred, just did with WWE. Alfred said, Alfred, because I know you get the same thing. Like you say something oh, yeah. negative on your YouTube channel, oh, and that's yeah. everything that everybody remembers. Like they don't remember that I sit there with an NJF card and then talk about yeah. how much I love. No, no, they, they, they always tweet me the negative things that I say. But that's okay. I'm used to it. Yeah, as long as we remember. It. And I think that to love something is to criticize it. Yes, exactly. Familiarity breeds contempt. Unless you're dating me. If you're dating me, do not try that fucking thing. <laughs> so, no. To love Issa and stuff for constructive criticism. No. Don't, just don't even. <laughs> oh, man. This was a fun night. We, we had a lot of fun tonight. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to work on that Facebook group. We're going to make that all yes. happen. We're going to start emailing the sponsors. <sighs> Yeah, we got out. some homework. We, we, we brought up a lot of stuff that we're going to need to deliver on now. Let's, uh, we're going to have to go back and write down all the stuff that we promised tonight. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to create the, the, the counterattack Facebook group so when your group does something <laughs> I don't like, I have them ready to go. <laughs> Issa's NYC Demon Diva. That's Diva with a one. Alfred, is it, this is nasty. Speaking of nasty, how much do you think Freak Nasty got for RBG when using the dip in that commercial? Oh, oh they come with Freak Nasty? Yeah. Yeah, they used to dip. <laughs> I haven't oh thought about God. Freak Nasty in like 25 years. Yeah, seriously. Hope he's I, getting I hope paid for they that. got a, a good coin. That's that's not fair if they got because there's a song on the Ozark by Sister Nancy that she said she had not gotten any royalties for, and it's like a very famous um, reggae song. Interesting. Um, bum, be long, but now oh she's yeah, yeah, money. yeah. Yes, yeah. Now she's getting the money. That. Half season of Ozark, I watched over two nights, and I've already forgotten everything that happened. Oh, wow. That's what happens when you binge. I'm going to have to do the same thing with Squid Games. I already forgot a lot of what happened in Squid Games. So when I heard there was a season two, I was like, what did happen in season one? I'm going to have to go back every and watch. Time, every time there's a Netflix show, I have to go back and watch at least a few of the episodes of the last one because I always binge watch them. Like right now, I haven't had time to watch Cobra Kai, but I'm like, I'm going to have to watch at least the last two, three episodes to remember what happened. Yeah, forget this three-minute recap, Netflix. I want an hour-long recap episode that really just – and just explain it. Just say, like, and this person, this is their name. This is who they are and what they do. Because in Ozark, they were talking about, like, when that former coworker shows up at one point. And, like, I was like, I don't even remember who this dude is. Yeah. And it was very confusing. Very confusing. Uh, Matthew Dunn, thank you for the super chat. Almost 6 a.m. here, he says. Love you guys. Keep it going. Oh, yeah. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great weekend. We will catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Everybody take care and uh, we'll see you.